USI never had it so good. 101.1 Radio, the best R&B and hip-hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to...
And what it was was when I was at the ticket booth, the lady asked me if I wanted extended leg room. And I said, sure. She said, okay, well, we're going to put you at one of the exits so you have more room. Now, this is what she said at the ticket booth. Then when I got on the plane and I asked for an extended um, clip, uh, the lady said, well, if you ask for an extended clip, you can't sit in the aisle with, uh, with you know, with extended aisle. You have to go to another room. So she made um, arrangements for me to move. Then, of course, then I didn't have the leg room anymore. But it seems like these people make up these rules as they go because one of the things I asked her was, well, why would the lady offer me this area if I was not able to have the area? And I have flown in places where I got in the area before. So it seems like these attendants make up rules as they go along. And some of them are so insensitive that they cause situations where either a person is dragged off the airplane or uh, something happened, what happened the other day, where an attendant made a lady, forced a lady to put her dog in the overhead compartment, and he did not survive. You know, and I have to tell you that there is no way you somebody could have made me, forced me to put my dog in the overhead compartment. You know, and then the lady want to lie and say the lady didn't tell her it was an animal. Uh, it was just, you know, she thought it was just a bag. Sandy, you, these people have gotten to the point where some of them are incapable of making uh, humane decisions and they're really inflicting a lot of pain on their passengers. And uh, I, help, I hope whenever I do try to fly again that none of this happens to me or they never take me to the point of feeling as I'm taking advantage of because some of these people are being asked to do things that they shouldn't be asked to do, uh, uh, and it just does not make a lot of sense. So we just want to talk today, you know, about how you interact with people who, you know, it could be a waitress, it could be a, uh, you know, a, car, a cab driver, it could be any sort of people who seemingly don't have the, the ability uh, to negotiate or find an easy way uh, to to establish a decision. I'll tell you something that happened to me today. I used Uber Eats to order some food, and I ordered more food than I received. So I called a restaurant to tell them what had happened. And the person told me that it was not their responsibility. I needed to call Uber. And I'm sitting there saying to this man, this is your restaurant. This is your brand. You hired these people to deliver your food. You should not have me calling them. I need You need to make it right with me. And he continued to argue again, and seemingly he doesn't understand. I'm his, and if he doesn't do what's right by me, he's going to lose a customer. And somehow these people just don't have good customer uh, experiences or abilities because they don't understand that if you – make a terrible experience for your customer, that's a customer that you lose. And you can't really, you know, that he instead of him looking at it as one order and saying, okay, 
Mr. Deshae, what, what can I do to make this good with you so you'll continue to be my customer? I'm not sure where that has gone. And just like this lady who got this person now, where this company has a dead dog on their hands, and that all is the, the talk that's going to go around, and how many customers are they going to lose because of the decision this attendant made? Um, Cheryl, Cheryl, what are you your thoughts about how some people just don't have good customer service or know how to treat the people who are actually responsible for them getting paychecks? Good evening, and how's everyone doing this evening? Um, you're right. I was, you know, saddened to hear and to see because they did say that, you know, some of it may be graphic, and it was, you know, witnessing a dead animal as a result of being told that the dog had to go in um, up there. But, um, you know, talk about your experiences. I had a, a experience at Walmart just recently, and you're right when you say that there is no customer service um, the way as people saying that we are the people, we are the reason why they continue to get their pay because without customers, you don't have a job. Um, I went into Walmart, and um, we were reading this book, and I overbought um, on a book, and I returned three of them. And when I got the books, I explained, you know, I just made a conversation with the clerk saying that this is the book, you know, our church is reading, and um, that's why I'm purchasing so many of one book. Well, three of the books I tried to return back, and they immediately told me in customer service, well, the girl stopped me, and she said, oh, wait a minute. She said, because last time I took a book back, I got in trouble. So they called the supervisor, and she said, oh, no, we can't return these books because they're copyrighted. And, you, you know, I'm not saying you did, but you may have, you know, co- somebody can copy the book and then return it. Well, I have three books, and I bought numerous of books. And I said, well, okay, okay. And what I did was I, I knew what to do. I called 1-800-WALMART, and she said, um, we don't have a policy like that in place. And she she listened to me because I explained to her, I said, you can very well see that the books weren't even open because they were paperback books, and once you open it, you will see the fold on the cover. So she said that um, – she said that um, – well, let me just double-check. She said, but I've never heard of this policy. So she got the information at what store I was in. And while I was there, she called the store. And my daughter-in-law works at a um, at a Walmart in another state. And she said that immediately, too, the guys, um, the supervisor, and the I mean, the manager and the assistant manager's cell phone. So... Immediately, somebody came to customer service from the back and said, um, is the lady still here with the books? And I said, yeah, I'm right here. And I mean, immediately. So you're right. 
Um, and he said, okay, I need y'all to refund her her money back. Now, from what I know and what the lady in customer service, I mean, on the phone told me, she said, we can take those books back within, um, I think she said 30 or, or 60 days without a receipt. But I had my receipt for two of them because I spent two different occasions going to the um, store. And um, now the books cost $14 and something, but I paid 9 something. Now, clearly you can see I'm not trying to get over, and I didn't bring the receipt for one. And I said, no, I paid. She asked me how much did I pay for them. I said, I only paid 9 something for them because when I go, I usually try to get pull up walmart.com and get that price. And now you can clearly see I'm not trying to get over. I'm just trying to return something that I don't need, you know, and here the clerks are making up things for whatever reason that they are or manage, or the management put it in position at this particular store, you know, for them to follow through. But when you work in with customer service and you're in a large chain like this, just like you said with the restaurant. Um, and there's other people at the top that knows the policies. And if you're not sure of the policy and the same thing of putting this dog in the overhead, you know, if this was not a policy in place, then you can't carry this out because there are repercussions. And the same thing with these um, cashiers in customer service. It makes you look like you're incompetent because the manager says one thing, and then the policies clearly states another thing. So I find that as an associate that you really need to know the policies of the company before you give information like that to a customer. And you're right. The customer was right in the the um as far as with this animal. You don't put an animal in an overhead carrier. Same thing with me as a customer. The policy, you know, is stated. So yeah, we have we have sometimes um, those that don't want to. They're not well trained. They're not knowledgeable on the policies, and. They so they don't know what they're carrying out, but meanwhile, they it comes a loss to the company, you know. In my situation, and with the people with the airlines, I mean, it's cost them, you know, whether it costs the cashiers or the associates egg on their face, and whether they cost the airline, um, we don't even know what it's going to cost them yet, because from what I understand, that the owner of the dog has not even responded as of the time that I last viewed it. Now, I'm not sure if they responded to anything as of yet, but from what I understand, well, and then the you airline, as a um, customer, yeah. yeah. Already the airline has said that they were wrong and it shouldn't have happened and they're going to do everything they can to, to uh, make it right. So you already know that they know that they're going to lose money on just uh, – the perspective of how people feel about it. You know, they may ne- never recruit uh, what they're going to lose uh, because there are going to be a lot of people who just don't want to fly with them because of that dog. Uh, so, you you know, 
Uh, Gretchen, what, what are your thoughts about customer service and what seems to be uh, customers being treated very uh, inhumanely in a lot of different instances? Well, I think there's a couple of components with that. Good evening, everyone. Um, first of all, it's, a lot of it has to do with the person having, let's say, home training. There are some things that, you know, by the time that person gets of working age that they should know in terms of just how to, how to treat people in general. Then if you go into a service industry, there's a whole different set of standards or an additional set of standards that um, need to be taught. And a lot of times the, the person is taught the mechanics of the job, but not, let's say, the etiquette of the job. Okay, you may learn how to count cash, and a lot of times they don't know how to count cash anymore because the register does it for them, or you know whatever the case may be. The but they you got to learn how to greet people. For example, I worked at McDonald's in high school. You know, it was hi, welcome to McDonald's. How may I help you? Now I go to McDonald's. And it's like go ahead with your order. Um. It's just, and it irks me, really, really does. I, I think, and also too, I don't think that employees make the connection between the customer and their paycheck. Okay, um, when I think what should happen is when employers do evaluations of their uh, employees, they should say, you know. We're giving you a raise because you did this, 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 and this, or we're not giving you a raise because, or, or not as much of a raise because you did not do this, did not do that. But it's up to the employer, though, to set the standard and set the bar and then hold the employee accountable. Um, if the employer is not all that interested in customer service and is looking at just the basics of it, um, you know, then then that that's on the that's on the employer. But I think the training is uh, important, and, and then, like I said, it's got to be more than just the mechanics. Let me go to you, D. D. When today, when I had this argument with this restaurant owner, I paid fifty some dollars for seafood, and you know seafood is expensive, but I didn't get some of the side orders that I requested. So I asked him, I said, do you have a cell phone? And I will text you what my order says I should have gotten. And he says, well, this is all, I sent you all that you ordered. And I'm sitting there telling him, he's saying, well, you need to call Uber. Now, Uber is the, the, um, the delivery company, okay? He received an order. Uber picked the order up and brought it to me. For some reason... He did not get on his sheet everything I ordered. So I'm sitting here telling him, this is your restaurant. This is your brand. You cannot have Uber's system making your customers angry because you're the one going to lose customers. So I'm telling him, you're the one need to make this good to me. And he's saying, well, it is not my problem. You didn't give me. And I'm sitting here saying, there are a lot of people just don't have good common sense related to business or how valuable each and every customer is. Well, good evening, everybody, and uh, 
James, I think this is a, a great topic, and it's one of those topics where um, we are having to deal with the fundamentals of, of uh, personal behavior in our society in our society that needs to be addressed going forward. Um, I'd like to uh, elaborate on what Ms. Gresham had just uh, said when, when she opened her statement about home training. Um, you know, I, I do come from a uh, sales background, and um, and and I have uh, a great deal of uh, my resume does consist of uh, the server service industry. And uh, when it comes down to uh, uh, going out on the town or uh, uh, experiencing uh, the the dining experience and, and and things of that order, uh, it's a it's a two way connection. And that connection, when it comes down to the customer, is when uh, the ideology of, uh, of home training comes into play. When a person goes out on the town or when they are uh, uh, spending their money on services, they have to um, be part of that experience. So uh, if they go into this experience with a negative uh, expectation, then um, that's not going to be a good outcome, uh, especially if that expectation is one-sided. Customer expect the provider to be all in and 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 going uh, bending over backwards to make sure that that is that experience is uh, accommodating to the customer. It's kind of totally unfair. That expectation is is unfair. Now let me give you uh, an idea of what where we are in modern times with this experiences where I uh, seen as though um, the the merchant or the uh, the service provider is not as accommodating as one would hope. Um, you know uh, when you when people go out uh, out and they have this lack of home training of not knowing how to tilt uh, or um, uh, thinking that they are entitled, and that was a word I didn't want to use, but I think that's a, that's that's a word that has to be used and try to try in trying to explain my point. Um, you know, when service provider uh, providers have this um, experience of of, of a certain demographics, I'm going to use that word also. Uh, thinking that um, they are in charge of the of the experience, the overall experience, and when the food come out, they always gotta they gotta send the food back because um, something's all wrong with the food, and or you know, uh, see some people just don't know how to go out, whereas they complain about everything, and even the food that they've eaten half of the food, and then they want to send it back and don't want to pay for the food. Well, that's nothing but filth. I mean, it's just like being a shoplifter. And so uh, in all of that, the the service provider has to accommodate those prices or, or the food that has been wasted. And, uh, and and it gets kind of bothersome to try to raise the price to try to accommodate for this behavior. Now, um, so all in all, when we talk about uh, the ethics of uh, knowing how to go out and knowing how to be part of this experience, now, when it comes down to the dog and the airline, now Miss Joyce is what they're gonna to have to help me with this because I was under the understanding uh, in all of that that only service dogs 
were, were the only dogs that would be uh, accommodating with the passenger uh, because, you know, everybody don't like that, especially when you um paying money to, for your trip. Uh, for the dog to be in the company of other people, I think that's a, that's a quite inconvenience to, uh, to the other per- patrons. So uh, for the dog not to be in the, in the kennel with other dogs and pets and snakes and whatever else on the flight, I'm kind of confused on how that happened all in, in the first place. So uh, I hope that answers your question on my standing uh, with this issue. Thank you. All right, uh let me go to Joyce since D has already said he, he wanted to know what Joyce's opinion is. Joyce, after listening to him, I was under the same opinion that the only animals that got on board were uh, uh, helping animals. I don't, I, D used the right term, I can service animals. But even at that, once the animals are on board, uh, that was a, the wrong way to handle the animals. Uh, because you shouldn't put anything alive in that uh, overhead bin. And, uh, again, the customer service is what we're talking about today. It just seems like we have lacked, uh, uh, there's, there's a lack of understanding about who who you're giving your service to and how important our customers are. That's right. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, there's a right way and a wrong way. Uh, there's a regulation. Small animals can travel with their that uh, as a passenger, but there are certain restrictions. You have to have a uh, special uh, size. Uh, it's a certain size, and it's a certain animal, a certain size. What you consider a small animal has to be able to fit underneath the seat. Nothing sticking out. It has to go underneath the seat in front of you. Uh, the small animal and and the particular cage. The airports do sell them. At the time I was flying, they were like uh, 30 bucks, and you have to buy a ticket for that animal. So you out like $75 uh, totally for that animal to fly with you and under the seat. And it sounds like in this situation what happened was that uh, the, the dog did not fit the requirement as far as being able to fit under the seat. So, therefore, she was uh, sticking out. She had more than likely had an owl seat. If I was the cabinet attendant or the flight attendant or the stewardess or whatever it is that you want to call, good customer service would tell you to have that passenger to sit over towards the window because the reason why it could not block an exit uh, entry in case of an emergency, you got to have that little small pathway where you got to get out of there. So with that dog being sticking out like that, uh, that's a safety issue. No way in the world should that dog should have been placed in the overhead rack. Unacceptable. If they told her that it was a, a dog carrier, mm, common sense whether that was a dog in there or not, there's no way that she should have put that in the overhead rack. Number two, if you was going to put the dog up there for takeoff, there's no way you should leave a dog up there locked up the air. When you close up those vents up there, there's no air pressure inside that where you have your luggage. More than likely, you know the dog is going to die. But in, in her situation, the stewardess, and they indicated that if they find out that she knew that there was a dog in there, she's automatically fired. From what I understand and what they're stating, that it was a communication problem, and she had no idea that the dog was in, in the case. 
But a good stewardess, a good cabinet attendant would ask more questions, particularly if you're telling them that uh, it cannot fit. As a courtesy, if she would have picked that that uh, that baggage up and put it in there, she would have known automatically that it was a pet. Because number two, he's gonna bark at her, and number three, at the feel of it, she knows. And who you you know you wouldn't put an empty uh, uh, carry up top anyway. But the the answer to your question, small animals can fly, and they fly more frequently. The problem that I have with some of the passengers now is once they 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 sit, we take off, they bring their small animals out of their cage. They're not allowed to do that, you know. A lot of people like it, and it doesn't bother them, but it would bother me if I'm a paying customer. Your dog's supposed to be in the cage. I don't like your dog like I like my dog. So it has to be in the cage underneath the seat. Thank you. Uh, Reverend Smith, let me come to you. Uh, what What is your thought about how people just lack the ability and the importance of customer service. You know, why are we in this time where people uh, are coming to spend their money with different people and these people don't seem to, to understand that they need to be courteous in order to continue to have the right kind of relationship with their customers? Well, good evening to everyone. Um, all I can say, James, is customer service is a two-way street. I, I really believe that. How you approach people as a customer and how the customer service person approach you. Uh, we feel like because I'm paying for this, I can talk to you any kind of way. That's not the way it's really supposed to go at all. No matter how, who, when, where, what, we as individuals also should be just as courteous and then expect the same. If you are not, just because you're paying and you feel like you can scream and, and make some belittle someone because you are paying for it, then no one's going to take that. You wouldn't take it, I wouldn't take it, or nobody else. It's just like when I was when I was in, in law enforcement, we had a standard that when we stopped someone, it was always just like I think it was Cheryl that said there was always a other young lady one who said we would say good morning or good evening. Um, you you, uh, but I like to see your license. But you were speeding. You were speeding. We would tell you what the problem was. Okay. Nowadays, they don't do that. Everybody feels like, hey, give me your license and your registration. And they talk. It's how you approach people to me. And sometimes it doesn't matter how you approach them. They got their butt on their shoulder, and they're going to give you a hard time anyway. I don't go in Walmart. I do not go in Walmart. I haven't flown since 1973. So, I don't get on those. I don't get on planes. I don't get on cruises. Anywhere where there's a lot of folks and there's a lot of customer service, I, I don't. I don't have. I don't have time for that foolishness because I know me. You know, I'm, I'm only going to take so much, and then I, I don't fly because I got messed up when I was an area refueler with the United States Air Force. But my thing is that we have got to. We've got to. Look at it from both sides too. 
sometimes we are not the best customers in the world either. We we just feel like we can say what we want to say, and and that's not that's not how you get things done. I don't go in Walmart because <laughs> I don't want to say this, but <laughs> especially over here in St. Cloud, and James, you know exactly where I'm talking about. Kissimmee, St. Cloud, <laughs> and nobody understands nothing you're saying a lot of times, and, and that bothers me because I'm asking. I was asking some. I went in there the other day, and I was asking about the aloe water, and nobody could understand. I couldn't, couldn't understand what in the world I was saying. Then I was asking about the uh, Fitbit. And nobody, because I said, you know, I said to myself, Jesus, help me. I don't want no, calm yourself down. You know, so I said, I'm looking for the thing that you put on your arm, on your arm, you know, and you shouldn't have to go through all of that. So I'm looking at those things as being training, training the word here for, for the customer service individuals are training. And then a lot of them, when they see one of us, I'm going to tell you right now, and I think you all already know it, their attitude changed anyway. Let's be real about it now. Their attitude changed when they hear us on the phone or we are talking to them or they see us coming in. They think we're going to jump up and down in their throats or whatever, or they don't want to be fooled with us. And so their attitudes change. I just look at them like they're crazy. And say, I came here for this, I came for that. Would you please do what you're supposed to do and let me get out of here? And I don't, I, I just, I refuse to let myself get upset by this stupidity. Even though the ladies or the men couldn't understand what I was saying when I was in Walmart, I say, the least I have to come in here, the better off I am. Because I know me better than anybody else. I will blow up in a minute. Even if I, I prayed to God so many times, but Lord, please give me the patience that I need to carry myself the way you want me to carry. He's still working on me with my patience with, with that kind of foolishness. So I'm, I'm still praying hard. So y'all out there who got it all down pat, let me know how it happens, okay? Because I don't know how it happens. I don't know how you do it. But that's the way I look at it, James. It's a two-way street. Okay, it's a two-way street, and but I think that the customer service side needs more training, and they need to do like Cheryl said. Or was it Cheryl? I think they they get she got right on that telephone and she called the home office. That's what that more of that is needed. More of that is needed. You've got to know who to call. Don't just call for the manager because the manager is going to be. Uh, uh, for his individuals that he, that's working on him a lot of times, but if he's heard from the big big office that you better get your act together, I guarantee you're gonna come out and do the same thing they did with Cheryl. So we got to learn who to call and when to call them, and that's that's the way I feel about that. Uh, Cheryl, let me go to you uh, because that was pretty uh, ingenious. I would have never thought to do that right there on the scene, what response did they give you as they saw you making a phone call, or did they not know who you were calling? What I did was I just said, okay, thank you. Um, 
I didn't want to, um, you know, the cashier, she did say, she said, I'm not sure. She said, the last time I did it, I got in trouble. I said, I, I certainly understand. And she called for a height, somebody, um, I guess a manager. And the manager who came there, and she told me, but she came there with an attitude, and I said, okay, thank you. And I walked off. And I just walked to the um, the exit inside the doors and made the um, the phone call. Um, and then once I made the phone call, she asked me, was, no, I told her, I said, I'm still at the store. So I proceeded to walk right back to customer service. But I kind of stayed to the side, um, visible, but not in the way if any customers came. And then she put me on hold, and she said, I'm going to call them right now. So I knew it was transpiring. And then when a manager, a supervisor, came to the customer service and asked, that's when they could see half of me, and they they pointed to me. You know, but this, the... The people in customer service already have an attitude, and I would go back there. And I'm not one to give them more to uh, progress the situation. I'll just say thank you, and then I know what I need to do because you are only associates. And I always know that you have to know all of the policies because there's many places that I go to, and it's so frustrating that people can't help you, and it's because of a lack of training. They're not knowledgeable. I go in there, and I'm going looking for something that I may not be, you know, familiar with, and nobody can help me. So I always try to go do what it is at a higher level to make sure that the policies that are enforced further down is actually what they're telling me. I don't let them know what I'm doing. I don't get into no argument with them. I don't tell them, look, what this is what I'm going to do. All I say is thank you, and I back off, and then I handle and do what I got to do. Now, at the door, when I made the conversation, if the lady had told me, I'm sorry that that this is our policy, then I would have exited right on out the door. But when she told me she's never heard of that policy, well, uh, you know, them having the policy, this is what she do all day. And she said, I'm getting ready to call them. And that's when I proceeded to walk back into the store. But, no, I understand that it's a lack. You have a combination of two things. You have a combination of attitude and then with a lack of knowledge. You know, some of them have a, a lack of knowledge, and they um, honestly just don't know no better. Some of them have an attitude and a lack of knowledge as well. But, no, I don't go in there um, nowhere where I go um, because it don't make sense to call myself um, arguing with associates. And I can clearly see if you can't give it to, I mean, if you can't communicate with me, then I don't need to communicate with you because you're clearly showing me you don't understand what I'm looking for. And I have to take it to somebody else that can clear it up. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, you know. And if this is the policy, then I accept that. But that's why I always say thank you and walk away. 
But um, Cheryl, one of the things you you have to expect from a multi-billion-dollar company is that they are doing what they need to do to help the people who are on the front lines to better serve their customers. I have to tell you uh, something that happened to me. Uh, Gretchen brought up McDonald's. Um, I went to McDonald's, and I was at the drive-thru, and I was uh, too close to open my door at the drive-thru, and the young lady tried to put the money in my hand, and it fell on the ground. And she looked at me. You know, I stood there for a little while thinking she was going to go back in the register and give me my change. And so finally she looked at me. She says, what do you want me to do? I said, I want you to give me my change. It fell on the ground. And so I don't care what you got to do uh, at some point, whether you got to come outside and get the change or not. That's not my business, but I'm not leaving here because you missed putting the change in my hand. And so she finally called the manager over, and uh, he opened up the register and gave me the change, and I went about my way. But it's just amazing, Gretchen, how some people just don't have common sense. You know, can you imagine if she missed dropping the change in people's hands? Was she under the perception that everybody's just going to keep going? Well, I think part of it, too, is feeling, I guess, what you can and can't do. What are you allowed to do? Am I allowed to give this person additional change out of my register? Um, you know, and, you know, sometimes it's a matter of the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law. Um, and, and the Bible even talks about that to some degree. But it's a matter of, you know, I, you know, my job says I'm supposed to do this. Beyond that, I'm not doing it. I don't want to get in no trouble or whatever the case may be. And then you have, but you do have some employees that feel empowered enough to go ahead and do that and then just explain, um, you know, this happened and so this is what I did. And this, you know, I, you know, I need to go out and get the change or someone needs to go out and get the change or whatever the case may be that dropped. Um, it's, a, it's a matter of, what type of employee are you and are you a good enough employee where, you know, or have a good enough rapport with the management where you feel empowered that you can maybe go an extra step in order to accommodate a customer. But don't, shouldn't you want your customers to have a certain amount of independence so they can solve the small issues that exist between the customer and the store? I mean, if you're two strangers, and the, you do. the employee you, I mean, can't do anything to make a decision on their own, then they will never, mm-hmm. you know, they can't run interference for the management. Right, right. Well, that's the thing. You know, like I said, it depends on what that employee feels empowered enough to do and whether management has, has given them that type of empowerment to say, you know, there may be times that this happens or there may be times that that happens. You know, make a judgment call. Use your best judgment. You know, it, it, you know, if it goes wrong, we'll discuss it later or something like that. But you have to, you know, there are some managers that micromanage and the employee feels under some, you know, undue pressure to not, venture too far outside of the line, so to speak. So, 
you it just really depends. You have to have an environment where where the employee feels empowered enough to make some decisions. Um, and then you have you also have to have the right type of employee. There are some employees that that don't want that responsibility, even if it's given to them. They just want to make right. a paycheck and and right. go home. That's it. That's the problem. And let me uh, let me address what Reverend Smith was saying. Reverend Smith, let me just say this to you. And I don't want anybody to try to call me out, or I don't know how they're going to respond because <laughs> you seem like you you were the way you were responding or where you were going was with uh, uh, the lack of uh, uh, ability to speak English. But I'm gonna go a different route. I don't go to Walmart on the regular if I can avoid it uh, because. I'm fearful of the kind of people who tend to congregate and work at Walmart and that I don't have time for uh, nonsense. Uh, when I want to go for food, I go to public. Some reason, I have a better experience at public, even if I might pay more, than I do at Walmart and uh, Winn-Dixie. So that's, you know, it's it just, I don't want to be caught up in the crowd at Walmart and then have some kind of nonsense happen, uh, you know, because, see, you you know, you can't accidentally bump into nobody at Walmart or, you know, it's just certain companies like Waffle House. I'm not going to Waffle House at night. There's just certain people that congregated those places that I'm talking about that I don't want to interact with. Yeah. I, I agree with you, James. Uh about the congregation, congregating up, um, going into Walmart itself, especially down here. I don't know about anywhere else. I can't speak on that. But I'm saying here, that is one of the things that's bunched. They're bunched up and they're talking in a different language. And I do understand a lot more than I allow them to understand that I understand uh, because I had to go to FBI language school before I could go out there and go to Panama and all these different places working undercover. But the whole thing of it is, is that you are in America now, okay? And I'm just going to go ahead on and say it. You're in America now. I don't care about you speaking uh, uh, your language. But when you're in a place, a setting, where everybody, people that, if you're talking to one of your people or something, then you speak whatever. But when you're talking to somebody else, you, you really need to learn more how to communicate with all people, all people, not just a few. So that is the biggest problem with me in going in Walmart. I will not buy any food from Walmart because I have had an experience where I didn't get the thing that I wanted, and I told them, just put it back. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I just, I just go somewhere else. And when I get ready to go and get some food or something, I do. I go to Publix, even though it costs more, and it's, it's matter of fact, it's more Closer, to, it's much closer to me than Walmart. But the whole thing of it is, is that there's a way to do everything. There's a way and, a, and there's a time and a place mm-hmm. to do everything. And that's something that we are lacking anymore. It's not just only those that speak different languages. It's those of us who speak the same language. We 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 just have stopped learning how to talk to each other. Our communications have gotten to be terrible. It has really gotten to be terrible. 
I love the way we speak to one another here on this line because we talk about different things, and it's really nobody gets all carried away with foolishness. It is a wonderful thing to be able to, but most people, when you talk to them and they don't agree with what you're saying, my God, it's like hell just opened up and swallowed them up. You know, so our thing is that we, we, once again, I go back to my own place, which is the church. We are not teaching. We are not teaching people customer service. Huh? You say, well, Pastor, how can customer service be taught in church? How do you love one another? That's customer service. Love brings on customer service. And you would be able to communicate properly. Even if you don't even speak my language, your body, your, your mannerism will help you to, to entertain a customer or anyone else. And and that's what we've lost. We've lost all of that, the morals. Nobody cares about anybody else anymore. And that's a sad commentary. You know, I thank God for all of you here on this line. I'm going to be getting off now because I have to go preach on, on the on the on the prayer line. But I just I just can't understand why we can't just talk. Like we are talking here on this line, like with Dee and Cheryl and 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 and, and, and uh, uh, Regina and and all of the others that are here, and we talk about. I mean, we don't miss a beat by talking about everything, but we're so congenial to each one. We may not agree, but we still turn around and we talk in such a manner. Say, well, I may not agree with that, but this is where I see it. And that's perfectly the way it should be, even in any aspect of our life. That's how it should be, going into Walmart, going into Macy's, going anywhere. But most places you go nowadays, getting a good conversation or getting a good service or anything, unless it's a waitress. Now, most of the time, waitress want a good tip, so they won't mess with you. But some of us, we like to mess with the waitresses. So there, again... We're backwards and forth. We need to get our act together. So it's just just a mess. But God bless you all. And I will be here tomorrow evening. Once again, I preach tomorrow night too, but Friday I'm here all evening. So I'll talk to you tomorrow evening. God bless you. Love all of you. Thank you. All right. Take care, Reverend Smith. Uh, Joyce, let me Man. just ask you, why why, um, why do you think multi uh billion dollar businesses don't look to assure themselves of having good customer service or having the person that who's right there with the customer uh, handle them in a certain way because a lot of us know I don't know if you have public or where you are Joyce but I'm sure you have a top of the line grocery store where they they train their employees to be good to the customers versus a Walmart or another place where, uh, you know, you can be uh, in fear of what kind of service that you get. That's true. Uh, actually, customer service is key, and a lot of companies don't care about a good customer service. They 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 uh, just care about the, uh, the, the money. 
And the reason why a lot of them do that is because they know that uh, they're at key locations, they got the traffic, you know, is in and out, so they know that they can build on that. But but how I was raised and during the time of my working career, customer service is key. What they don't realize that a, a business is that customers can make or break your company. They are key. And all the companies that I work for uh, is training, too. Uh, the investment that customers put into training. And a lot of times our young people, if they don't have reasoning uh, comprehensions or what to do for a good customer service, they don't do a lot of role play. And I think a lot of these companies, they need to do that as a part of training. Every training that I was in as far as uh, stewardess, news reporting, um, um, uh, customer service representative, corporate, uh, all those jobs is good customer service. But the best customer service I'm assuming that I got was with the, when I worked for the gas company. Uh, we spent uh, almost two months in a room. They call it training because you got to know how to talk. You don't know how to communicate. And customers, I don't care what, is always right, you know, as a way. But in your situation, particularly going through the drive-through, that shouldn't. That's a no-brainer. If the money is dropped, you you reach in your cash register, give them the difference. You send your manager around the corner to pick up the difference. You let him know the status. But in the meantime, what you want to do? Why would you want to inconvenience your customer? That was your mistake. Because the thing is, is that you want to make sure that it's placed in that customer hand. Thank you very much. We appreciate your business. Come back again. And that's what a lot of a lot of our young people do not have. They don't know how to communicate. And and a reason for that is because they're too busy uh, using the phone and texting, but they don't never do what they call communicate. But if during our era, we do a lot of communicating, and that's how come I think the older generation has excellent customer service. But sometimes our goal is to pass that customer service on to our young people to show them how to communicate, you know. And it used to be a mentality that our young people thought that you was playing the yes, uh, you know what I mean about that, uh, looking up to a person if you using good customer service. But that's not what, that's right. not it. And as you mature, you're going to realize that that's not, but that's how young people will look at it. That you know you uh, I forgot the word that they call about that uh, yes sir Mr. Ling Ding type of style you know but that's not it you know but the thing is is that that's key it gets you farther than uh, with the attitude problem you can grin skin and that's what it's all about everybody to me is acting it's a stage life itself is a stage what role do you want to play you know what I mean think about it life itself is is, is a stage. I was so taken back when I looked at her, and I don't even remember how much it was. It, 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 it was more than 50, 50 or 60 cents. Well, when she said to me, when we looked at each other, and she said to me, well, what you want me to do? And I'm thinking, wait a minute. I, as a customer, shouldn't tell you what to do. You don't drop the money on the ground. I can't open the door to get it. You have to. You have to make, you think I'm going to just leave my 60 cents? You know, I just couldn't believe her. And and, and when I had to tell her, I need you to get your, your manager, and y'all need to give me my money. I, I need my change. And she, she said, oh, okay. And I'm just thinking, 
people need to be trained or recognized. I know that they, when you get trained, and they can't train you in everything, but you have to be taught to be able to, to utilize your common sense. You weren't able to effectively give your customer his change, so you need to go get him his money because ultimately that's what he needs his change. And, and so they don't get it. he didn't realize that she hadn't completed her job. They don't get it because they, that portion they didn't cover that in training, and they didn't train them to have common sense. You know what I mean by that? But, but in, in, to me, right. that's taking the initiative. You're taking the initiative, you know. And your, your right. supervisor would even love you for that if you told your supervisor, well, you know, the customer, and I took the initiative to give him this. Do you mind going around and, and, and collecting it because it's on the ground? I mean, uh, they, they, but to them, that's an extra step. You know, you got sometimes you got to go over and beyond, but it's just something that needs to be taught. And like a lot of these companies don't take the time to give what they call good training. And like I say, in order to do that, they should do a lot of role play. What if? Right. A lot of role play. Yeah, that that could answer. And because one thing you you see what mentality that you're dealing with. And you can determine whether or right. not that person need additional training in that, that area or not. But companies don't take the time anymore to invest in their employees, and to me, that's a sad situation. All right, I, I think like one reason why they do that because our young people don't stay no place like we used to see, and that's one reason why I think companies don't take the time to do it because they know that it's always going to be a big turnover. Our young people are not staying no no longer than at least three or four years at the most at an employee before they go on because if the money ain't right, they out of there. Think about it. All right, D. Okay. Hey, thank you, James. Uh, look, uh, I had to step away for a minute, but there's a couple of things that I think is very important. Uh, when Ms. Cheryl uh, was uh, commended about the way she handled the situation, uh, Pastor Smith uh, commended her on uh, knowing when to call, make that phone call and who to call. But there's one other thing, there's one key element that was missing out the uh, out of the explanation, and, and she did the right thing, is how to call. See, the how uh, is something that Ms. Judge just spoke about. It's how. The how is a very important element in all of this. It's, it's to know how to conduct oneself. When, when you're looking to get results from a, from a, from a management, from the management uh, department or even the corporate department, you can't call them raising their voice, waving their hand, and demanding results. It's the how, guys. It's the how call. It's, it's an adult way to call. Now, I did hear, uh, I came back in time to hear about the, uh, the clerk dropping the money on the ground, and they asked you, well, what do you want me to do about it? This is key in going forward and knowing how, what is knowing what we're dealing with. James, uh, your expectations are too high when dealing with these, these young people <laughs> because, okay. because Ms. George just explained it. You know, when they're making barely over minimum wage, they have no no uh, ethics when it comes to too longevity about anything. And then they're too afraid about the peer pressure or appearing of appearing to be punked out by anybody. All of that is key. So when 
initially, I understand your point when it comes down to professional ethics, but we have to understand that they they have none. And when it comes down to the corporations, you know, a, a, a million, million, million dollar companies lacking to train these people properly, it is because of the high turnover and the the revenue volume. If they're going to make the money anyway. But here's, here's the lesson to be learning in all of this. And Ms. George spoke about it. Here's the role play. Everything we do post pre Donald Trump and post Donald Trump, we got to start role playing to 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 enlighten these people what it is that you're going to be dealing with. Because if we don't do this, then we're going to get more of the same. And to his face, anything different is a is a huge mistake. All right, uh, Andre, I hope you heard enough uh, enough of this to know what we're talking about. We're talking about customer service, uh, and it all started with the um, dog dying on the plane where the um, the flight attendant decided that the dog had to go in on the overhead bin versus having the humanity understand that you don't put a live animal inside no overhead bin. But uh, then we've taken it on to just decent and good customer service. It just seems that people just don't, are aware of what the cost of a customer is and how valuable a customer is and that you need to put in the time or the effort to create good customer service. Uh, it seems to have been lost um, in almost every uh, segment of our society. And wh- What are your thoughts? Well, wonderful Wednesday to everyone. And um, the reason I, I feel that we're seeing a difference is because customer service requires investment, investment of time, investment of money. And the company's bottom line does not allocate for investing in employees. And Joy said it and Dee said it, and I'm not sure who may have said it before. But uh, they are exactly right. Um, and, you know, these employers, I don't care if they're children or adults, um, they're trying to adhere to the rules of the company in order to keep the job. And they don't use their brain to think and just to use common sense. A lot of them, as Joy said, uh, having the initiative to excel and go beyond, that's not what their philosophy, their philosophy in a lot of cases is completely opposite. What's the minimum I can do and get by with it. How much? <laughs> how much can I do without getting in trouble? Um, you know, not to necessarily exceed or whatever. So, uh, customer service. I, I didn't hear the story or I didn't see the story about the dog, but I do know that all these planes are overbooked. Each airline overbooks every flight. I do know that I've seen an increase of pets traveling, and I know you can have companion pets. But these are more than companion pets. These are just people pets, and they're bringing them. So I don't know the whole situation of why that stewardess would have felt that they had no choice but to put it in the overhead. My goodness, you know you're going to suffocate the animal. Why would you do that? I don't know all that was involved in it, but it just sounded like a mess. And I'm sure that the person that had to make the decision, uh, I hope that they regret it. But... It's unfortunate that the company would put that person in that situation, and then time something like that happens, the company will, will shake their hands off of it and just terminate the person. 
But in essence, the company did take the time to invest in the person, ensure that they do have an understanding, and they didn't want to take the money and the resources to train. One last thing. You could tell the quality of a, cusp, uh, of a company by how much they invest into training. And the reason I say that is because a lot of times when companies are pushed up against the wall and they have to um, produce cost savings, if they go to training first, then that's not a good company. Because if you don't invest in your people to know what to do, how to do, and when to do, then that's, you, you think you're paying or losing money. You're going to really lose money because they're going to make mistakes, such as this instance, in which you have to pay, and you have to pay dearly. So customer service is key. Unfortunately, a lot of companies don't want to invest and um, be committed to what customer service excellence means. Let, let me ask you this, Audrey, uh, because you are in- you know, over the years, I've known you to know, uh, talk about how important uh, developing a good relationship with your customers is. Why is it that some corporate uh, entities don't mind them mind themselves having uh, what you may call uh, poor customer service or poor quality? Uh, you know, here in Orlando, you know. We talk about public, and it just seems like public is is very focused on serving uh, people who care about the way things look, the way things are, uh, you know, being treated kindly. Uh, but then you you see other places like when Dixie, you get a similar uh, uh, opposite feeling, and they're okay with that. You know, and Walmart seems to be okay with the overall viewpoint. Uh, people have of their, even though they're a multi-million dollar business, they're okay with them having that that viewpoint of them being lower scale. It's the branded expectation of the uh, owners or the leaders or the executives of that company. You know, look at the whole image of Publix. Their theme and focus is where Publix is where shopping is a pleasure. You know. So in essence, to live up to that brand, they want to create a pleasurable experience. I know when I first came to Florida, and it's been over 28 years now, uh, coming from Mississippi, I was a Winn-Dixie shopper. I mean, I was Winn-Dixie. So the family members that were here and lived in Florida, grew up in Florida, when I came, they told me, well, you're going to like going to Publix. Well, I, I... quickly found out where Winn-Dixie was, but just so happened I had to go to Publix one day. But I went in there, and I said, man, this is so expensive, so high. I don't think I'm coming back. They don't know what they're talking about. So I continued, and I went back to Winn-Dixie. But, again, that experience was not the same. And, Joyce, I tell you now, you know, I have Publix now programming to my phone because it, I want that experience. I want, like you say, they'll help you find something in the aisle. You know, they take the time with you. Everything is bright. Everything is fresh. So I'm paying for that. But not only that, I know for a fact that Publix donate a lot of food, a lot of money back into the community. So I'm willing to pay that extra effort. And we talked about it the other day. Chick-fil-A leadership team have made the decision that they will not allow money to override their uh, integrity and what their moral values are. They're closed on Sunday, 
they're willing to lose that money, if you would, because I'm sure that they're making it up in other places because I know if given a choice equals a restaurant on one end and another, I'll go to Chick-fil-A because I know what they stand for. It is truly amazing. I'm going to go to Gretchen just before the break. Uh, Gretchen, what what is your thought about that? You know, I, I, you and I have been long-time Florida residents, and it, it just seems to be over made, uh, amazing to me how I've uh, gravitated toward public and refused to go to uh, Winn-Dixie now. Well... Of the three stores that have been mentioned, it, it just so happens that Publix is probably the furthest from where I live. When Dixie's the closest, and then there are a couple of uh, Walmarts, one in Super Walmart and one in Neighborhood Walmart. Um, the thing is, like uh, the lady was mentioning before, is what's being promoted. Uh, Publix promotes where shopping is the pleasure. I think Walmart promotes always a low price. Okay. So you you, you kind of have to say, okay, this is what they say. This is what you hold them accountable for. So you can't hold Walmart accountable per se for customer service too much if that's not what they're promoting. I mean, you can to a degree, but that's not what they're promoting. Yeah, you, like, you know, like my mom used to say, you, you get what you pay for and you pay for what you get. Um, you pay more at Publix, but you do get a, a, a different experience going to Publix than you do going to a Walmart or going to a Winn-Dixie. So, you know, it's a, one, it's a matter of expectations. Um, two, it's a matter of accountability. Uh, yeah, if, if, you're, if you're training, and it depends on how they're trained, I'm sure, I'm, I'm pretty certain that the training at Publix is a lot different for their employees than it is for the, the employees at a Walmart or a Winn-Dixie. Um, and the other thing, too, that I have to say, I think it depends on which one you go to. In certain neighborhoods, it's a little bit different. If you've ever been out to the Winn-Dixie out in Popka on 441 as you're going toward Plymouth Sorrento, it's a whole different experience going to that Winn-Dixie than it is going to some of the other Winn-Dixies, okay? So it's a matter of, of what you demand that you want to have happen for you at your local store. All right, we're going we're gonna to take a break, and we're going to come back and let everyone have their final thoughts.
Lady Shay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, brought to you seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so that your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruption. Uh, let me, uh, uh, Mr. Andre, what is your final thought for this evening? I would just like to say when we talk about customer service, one of the components to customer service excellence is treating is being treated the way you would want to be treated and then um, knowing that it's genuine. It's not, you know, it's not forced, it's not fake, and uh, I think that builds the relationship of your building trust with that organization and want to continue to uh, support them. Andre, let me just ask you this question just real quickly. Because every customer costs a business a certain amount of money, and that's something that is big nowadays is recognizing that uh, obtaining and uh, getting and maintaining a customer is an investment. And so really people need to be trained in business. It's not just important to get a customer. It's important to keep a customer. And that is an investment, don't you think? Absolutely. And uh, as we mentioned before, depending on what that brand is, that that uh, executive leadership team think it's important to their investors and all, uh, that's the, that's what they will pursue. But if they determine that the investment, uh, the return of their investment is not worth it, that they can treat you in any kind of way, but because of other components outweighing it and they their bottom line will still be successful, they may or may not, um, you know, invest time nor invest money. And that's what customer service requires. Uh, Joyce, what's your final thought for this evening? Uh, Customer service is always key, good customer service. Uh, That's one thing that uh, customers can make or break a company. So uh, training, a lot of role playing for uh, new trainees uh, to get a grip as to how they will interact with customers that are irate, customers that are not irate. So customer service, good customer service is key. Thank you. Uh, D, your final thought for this evening? Uh, yes, sir. Another great show, James. Appreciate it. Um, my final thought is uh, to reiterate that life experiences is what you put into it. Um um, what you put in is what you'll get out, and uh, I think that's something that could be noted going forward. Thank you, James. You know, I think we need to uh, um, also come back and rediscuss this. Some things are coming back in my mind, and one of them is, Andre, you know, you when you have the kind of customer service that avoids problems, then you don't have to worry about getting into physical confrontations where the police need to be called when you get rid of certain uh, problems that are are not necessary. I remember when I worked at Sears, then they wouldn't even they didn't even require a receipt, and, uh, and even instances where they knew that they may be be getting ripped off, they wanted to have better customer service with their uh, because they were going to make it up on the other end. 
And so, you know, a lot of times when you see places having these bad displays of behavior, you know, uh, it is because they have subjected themselves to to wanting to to uh, subscribe to those kind of customers. What 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 are your thoughts about that? I mean, sometimes we need to invest in good customers, just like we invest in good customer service. Um, I'm I'm not sure what you're saying, James. I, I'm thinking that you're saying that you're you're seeking a certain clientele. I, I don't. I'm not quite sure. I understand what you're saying on that one. Well, I'm just saying some of the co- problems we you have at Walmart, or you may have at Winn Dixie, or you may have at some of these low end uh, places. You don't have those same problems at a Macy's or a uh, you know a, a other kind of stores. So it, it's something going on. There's something to how you treat people and your expectations of people that give you uh, sometimes the end result. Okay, yes, you're exactly right. Yeah, and that's 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 in life overall. You set your expectation. You know, we often talk about uh, the slogan that uh, what you tolerate becomes your standard. Well, you, you just know that when you go into a certain place, you're out of place if you're not adhering to their culture. And so that's what happens is you demand, your culture demands people to act a certain way, a bit, to behave a certain way. And that's why it's, uh, a lot of time it's wise when you join a new organization or even a family. Uh, you know, don't go in trying to be all Bogart and this and that. First of all, just kind of observe, watch the flow of it, who responds, how, and what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. We see that in, in Megan McCauley as she prepared to become, you know, part of the royal family. The royal family have expectations. So she's she's making a a, a couple of, um, you know, she has some stumbling blocks, but uh, on the other end she's doing well and others, but they're going to make sure that the, you, you have to live up to the expectations of the royals. I mean, down to the when you curtsy, how you curtsy, how you sit, all those are expectations. All right. Uh, Cheryl, your final thought for this evening. Um, I'm going to have to agree with everybody else. Customer service is key. And one thing that I find myself is is that I spend my money where I have good customer service because I find that I'm going to treat people in a way that I want to be treated. So when I enter into a place, I'm expecting to be treated in such a way, and that's where I'm going to spend my money. All right. Uh, Gretchen, your final thought for this evening? Well, one of the things that we have to realize, too, and um, employers have to realize, companies have to realize, is that um, there should be accountability. So we have to hold these people accountable. And because, and they got to realize, too, also, just because they advertise and they spend money on advertisements, that isn't the only thing that's going to make or break them. We, you know, it's word of mouth. If I go someplace and I really enjoy the experience, I'm going to tell everybody. And with me having, a, you know, a show, show kind of similar to yours, 
I, you know, I will talk about it on my show. I will talk about it to my church members. I will talk about it to my family and friends, you know, even people I run into at the gym. You know, if I've had an ex- a great experience, I'm going to share it. But if that experience is not good, I'm also going to say that too. And, and yeah, I'm going to hopefully will will tell you that before I go out and tell somebody else because I want to give you a chance to rectify the situation. And if you're not forthcoming in terms of rectifying the situation, then, yeah, I'm going to talk about that too. So, you know, no matter what, what you advertise, you know, word of mouth is really the key that's going to make or break that particular business. Yeah, it is so important. You know, we live in this social media atmosphere, and we, uh, you know, people are are not just being held accountable for their mistreatment of the bottom line, which is what's more valuable. What's more valuable than a sale is the customer, and how you treat that customer, and how they appreciate the way that you treated them as an individual. And when you get in a situation like Joyce was in, uh, Joyce, that situation could have been changed, been uh, so much uglier had you not been the person you were. Uh, because you have people who say, well, that's my money. And how are you going to make me keep this when I overspent uh, and, and assume that I wanted to copy? If I wanted to copy the book, then I didn't have to buy but one book. So obviously it showed that you bought multiple books uh, of the same kind that you weren't trying to uh, take advantage. But they are so used to people trying to take advantage of them that they spend more time thinking about uh, defeating what it is you're trying to do than appreciating you being a good customer. You there, Cheryl? James, that was me. Oh yeah, that was yeah, that was me. Oh, with yeah, the that's what I meant. You right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's yeah. what I meant. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you're right. Um, and I wanted to show them not only was I a good customer, trustworthy customer, because although the book sold for fourteen dollars and something, I didn't want you to give me that back. I just wanted what I paid for the book. So I'm showing you that I can be trusted as what I'm saying, you know, that I didn't need these extra books and that I'm not trying to get over. I only want what I paid for. I don't want the price that you sell the books for. Because, you know, I could have been like a different person and went in there with an attitude, made the call, um, demanded $14 and something back because when they rung it up, that's what's going to come up, the $14 and something, and stuck that receipt right in my purse, not give them the receipt at all. But I'm trying to display, you know, um, of who I am. So even if I come back, you know, and there was another incident when I walked into Ross, um, a clothing store. There was $20 bill on the floor, on the ground, and it was in the store. So I gave it to the security guard, and I never thought nothing else about it because that's the first thing that that's the first thing that came to my mind. Um, and it was up to her what she do with it. But when I went back, she stopped me and she said, "Oh, she said we found a girl 
who um it was an employee for the last twenty dollars she went to pump gas and didn't have her money. So, you know, wherever I go, I'm trying to show people who I am and then the attitudes that I have is you know, I'm trying I'm gonna be positive all the time. Whatever is bothering me or whatever happened before I got in the store, I'm definitely not gonna take it out on the situation that I walk into. So that's one of the key things that I do, and that's why I'm so particular about where I shop. I'm not going to give my money to somebody who treats me wrong or unfairly, you know. So I shop where um, where my money, um, you know, and like everybody was saying, Publix can be a little bit higher. You know, another place can be a little bit higher. Um, a black-owned business that I go to can be higher than another store, but if I'm going to promote, if I'm going to support them and they're going to treat me good, then I'm going to go to them. I'm going to take my business to them. So, you know, just like Dee said, it's a two-way street. We can't go in there with an attitude, and we also, if we expecting good customer service. All right, guys, I look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. As always, I appreciate your support. And it is just wonderful to be able to talk about the kinds of things that impact our lives now and in the future. See you all tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Love and Reflections. Call in at 657-383-0309 where your voice can be heard loud and clear. Help your children the road and teach them to love one another that heaven might find a place in their heart.